you for listening to the Wonder Podcast. I'm Joe Vacanti. It's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life God always imagined for you. So there is a statistic that states that 72% of people that write down their goals, make a plan, and and hold themselves accountable will achieve their goals. Writing down your goals gives you focus along with excitement and motivation. It gives us control of our lives. It, 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 we pay attention to what's our, what's our pri- most biggest priorities and also how we spend our time. So it's pretty clear. If we control our lives, if we clo- control our actions, we will be successful. Does that work for spiritual growth? This season we have focused on dying to live. Today I want to focus on how losing control actually will give you more spiritual growth and, and more freedom. So I'm going to start with some, some terms. Um, these terms are related to uh, our walk in the faith and, and also spiritual growth. So we'll start with justification. What is justification? Well, it's basically the gospel. It's a legal term. It's God's gracious gift where he declares us not guilty. And it's a one-time act and a final decision. He gives us the Holy Spirit, and with that, we start the process of sanctification, which is spiritual growth. This is where the Holy Spirit works within us, and more and more makes us into the image of, 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 the, of Christ. And then lastly, which we won't, we won't see here, is called glorification. That's gonna happen in heaven, where we are gonna be made perfect without sin. So let's focus on spiritual growth. As I mentioned, it's a process, and for many Christians, they know how this process is. Some major big growths, and then some stops, or some maybe even a little decline. We might get, you know, a year of growth, and then a pause. And that pause might last for a month, a year, sometimes years. It's God's plan, but it's also determined by who's in control. So why is this process so frustrating? Let's start with Romans 8.5, as Paul describes the two natures that are within us. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So although God has given us the Holy Spirit, he didn't eliminate our sinful nature. So these two natures are at war. And it's and how we determine who controls, whether it's us or God, is going to determine our growth. The problem is, is that we love control. We love to set the terms, and we always are looking for shortcuts. And, and I remember many a times, I, you know, as I was reading the Bible, I'd read Galatians, Galatians 5. And Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I would say to myself, all right, I need to be more joyful. I need to be more loving. I need to... I need to do these things because that's how I'm going to grow in my spiritual growth. Well, actually, they're actually the byproducts of spiritual growth. They're, they're the fruits of your spiritual growth, and we have, no, we have no part in that. God is the one. It's through his grace that he gives us those things. So what happens is as we, control, as we try to control our spiritual growth, it often leads to frustration and guilt. So everybody knows Paul. Paul is a hero of the Bible. He spread the word to the known world. He made 14 of the 27 uh, books that we read in the New Testament. And it, I was just thinking about this. Every week, 
his letters are, are preached all over the world. Think about that. He made these letters, and for 2,000 years, all over the world, people preach his letters. <clears throat> Yet, and when we read in Romans 7, we realize that he is extremely frustrated with this process of trying to deal with these two natures. This is a long, a long verse, and I have to read it very slowly, because if I read it quickly, you're going to be like, what, what is he trying to say? So I will do that right now. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is a sin living in me. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin and work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. That is somebody that's dealing with a lot there. But what I really want to focus is on what he talked about in verse 24. And what he says is, he says, who will rescue me from the body that is subject to death? So Paul was from Tarsus. And in Tarsus, there was this ancient tribe that if you were found guilty of murder, what they would do is they would tie you to your victim. And ultimately, by being tied to your victim, you'd get infected and die yourself. But that's what Paul is trying to illustrate here. He's trying to illustrate that... Basically, we, we still have this nature that's in us. And what I've, what, I've, what I've realized is as we try to control this process, there's, there's two outcomes that happen. First, we miss the truth of our spiritual growth. We can't do it. I'll repeat that again. We miss the truth of our spiritual growth. We can't do it. Yes, we play a role, but it's ultimately, it's ultimately the Holy Spirit through God's grace that transforms our minds and our actions. And the second thing is that due to the fact that it's frustrating for us, what ends up happening is that we, we ultimately, are, we ultimately are, feel like we are guilty. We've, we have this guilt up, upon us. Man, I need to be a better Christian. What am I doing? I keep trying to do this and it doesn't seem like I'm growing. We might even start questioning our faith or might even start questioning our place, in God, place with God. So why do we try to control the process? I believe it's because we don't have a high enough view of who God is and a low enough view of what sin is in our lives. And I believe the wider that gap is, the more we're going to be dependent on God. So I think the best illustration that I've ever heard about what sin is was from a guy, his name was Todd Friel. And what he does is he does gospel ministry at, at colleges. 
And he went to this one, this one student and he goes, do you think you're going to go to heaven? And the kid was like, yeah, I think I'm a good person. I think I'm going to go to heaven. And he said, well, what standard are you using for that? And he said, well, I don't cheat. I don't steal. I love my parents. That's what's standard. And he said, and Todd said this thing that I was very humbled by. He said to him, if I took a hard drive and I connected it to your brain and every thought, every action, every motivation you had got downloaded into this hard drive for a week, how would you feel if the next week you invited your friends and family to hear what you said to say? That's pretty humbling. We have to understand the desperation that we had. Romans 6 says we have all fallen short. Romans 3 says the wages of sin is death. When we understand that, that what, what our sin is and how God, amazing God's grace is, we come to the, the conclusion that, that Paul said earlier. And what did Paul said? He said, he said, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's something else I need to point out. For Christians, realizing how low we are in sin does not condemn us. It convicts us. Because right after Paul was done with, with that crazy verse where he's going back and forth about all this, what does he say in Romans 8? 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That is amazing grace. That is actual freedom. So I kind of laid out kind of the, the problem we have. So what do we do? How do we, what, how do we apply this? Do we just sit in this meditative state and say, God, I need spiritual growth. I'm going to wait for you. Do we just let go and let God? Well, well I like what James Packer said. James Packer said, it's not let go and let God, it's trust God and get going. It's not let go and get God, it's trust God and get going. Instead of trying to control the process, we need to trust God and obey his commands. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, everybody's probably heard this, but if, as, as we talk about this today, let's really think about what it says here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So what are we supposed to do? Trust in him that he has the plan for us, not us. Because we certainly don't have the plan right. And also, we are, when we trust in him, we submit to him. This is by trust. Let me just put it this way. By making this decision to say, you know what, I don't have control of this. I want God to. Doesn't necessarily mean that life's going to be really easy now. It might actually be the opposite. But it's trusting that God has got everything in control and that, he will, that his purpose will, will be ultimately occur that we can move forward. How, what, when I say obey my commands, what, what, are those, what does that mean? It's what we're doing right now. Ephesians 3, Hebrews 12, talks about corporate worship. We're here at church. We're listening to God's word. We're praying and singing. 
We're having communion. What other things? As far as our, as far as family, what is what are we instructed as far as parents? De- Deuteronomy six and Ephesians six. We are in, we are instructed to teach our kids. And then there's been many examples of how people meditate on God's word and spend time praying to Him. Dan six and Psalm sixty three. We should try to fellowship with one another. We talked about Bible study. That, that's some, that's one way. But Acts two forty two. You don't have to go to a Bible study to do that. You could just have a bunch of your friends and go to your favorite coffee house. What you find with this is there's no really obligations. This isn't checking a box. This isn't, okay, now I, okay, you're telling me commands. Now I got to do, no, 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 this is not what it is. It is, is it, what it is is basically we initiate it and then God takes over. That's what this is, that's, this is, that's, what, that's what I'm asking. That's what we're talking about today. So I want to finish with an excerpt from uh, the late R.C. Sproul on No Shortcuts to Growth. He said, we're saved by grace alone and justified by faith alone. But having been saved, we don't just wait around to die. Christianity is about spiritual growth as well. And spiritual growth involves effort, the hard work of sanctification. Both acts are accomplished by God alone. Only the Holy Spirit can change our hearts. Only the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of the Son of God, secured by his perfect obedience to the Father, can secure our right standing before God. Sanctification, however, includes our efforts. We say it's synergistic because both God and we are doing something, yet we aren't equal partners. God wills and works in, his, in us according to his good pleasure so that we progress in holiness. But as God works in us, we work as well, pursuing him in prayer, relying on the means of grace, the preached word, and the sacraments, seeking to be reconciled to those who have, we have offended. There's no shortcut for sanctification. It's a process that one all too often seems overplotting, with progress taking years to discern. So, went over a lot today, but before we leave, I would say that if you are, and I would say that I, I you know, I, I, when Joe asked me, he's like, you know, we want you to talk about dying to live. This was the message I wanted to give. And the reason for it is I spent years, years trying to do it on my own. So I, I, I just want, I want to, I, 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 feel so liberated now knowing that I'm just going to depend on God for it. So if you're, you're sick of this hamster wheel, I would suggest that you, think, you, you would think on these things and, and just ask God for that. Now, I do not know the hearts of everyone here. So if you are here today and you're not sure if you're a believer or if you're here today because you're searching for spirituality, giving your life to Jesus is not a multi-step process. There's no special code that we have. It's really kind of what, what, what I was talking about today. It's realizing who we are because of our sin and realizing how great God is because of his holiness and his perfection. Romans 10 states that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So when we finish in prayer today, it's as simple as saying a small prayer to this. And the prayer is not, is not the answer, but it's, it's, it's starting that, that initiation. And it's just saying, dear God, thank you for your son. I know who I am because of the sin that I have. And I believe that, you're, that Jesus came to save my life, to save, to save me from my sins. I come to you with empty hands and a, and a heart that looks for you to transform me to live within your purpose. It's something as simple as that.
So with that, I would, I would like everybody to please bow their heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your Son. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are sick of trying to do this by ourselves. We ask that, we ask that the Holy Spirit comes and transforms our lives. And, we, and your word says, if we ask, it will be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Lord, we, we submit to you. We ask for forgiveness for all of our sins. And we ask for you to take control. In your precious son's name we pray. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. Let this talk do only what Jesus can. And live your life in such a way that will make the world wonder. There must be more.